Lead me to some soul today. Oh, teach me, Lord, just what... Welcome, everyone, to episode number 67 of a series of episodes that we are calling Leading Others to Christ. Those of you that have been watching and listening, you know and you're familiar with what we're trying to do with this. And But during these episodes, we're going to be continue to be focused on evangelism. And we have a lot of a uh, lot of goals, a lot of things that we try to do with this. But one is to is to stir up love and, and good works, especially in the area of reaching our family or friends or neighbors with the gospel of Christ. My name is Dan Barker, and I preach for the Creekside Church of Christ in Franklin, Indiana. Uh, and I've said this every time, but for those of you that don't know, Franklin is about 20 miles south of downtown Indianapolis. Um, and those of you that know me, you know that I'm passionate about uh, our subject. I'm passionate about evangelism. And I have been ever since I obeyed the gospel when I was 21 years old in Owensboro, Kentucky. And ever since then, and it's really been an interesting uh, thought process, I guess, but I, I've always been striving to read anything I could get my hands on, talk to anybody that I could uh, to learn how to do this, to learn how to be involved in leading others to Christ. And I've done this a couple of times too. Some of the phrases to, to teach others to teach, to sow the seed, to be a fisher of men uh, and women, of course, uh, and to persuade others to teach others. And, and, and uh, rem remembering what Paul said to Timothy in 2 Timothy 2.2, and the things you've heard from me among many witnesses, commit these to faithful men, obviously faithful men and women, who will be able to teach others also. So a whole lot of what I'm involved in right now, what I do is that, of teaching others how to do this. And, uh, and then later in the chapter, I love this, but Paul's talking to Timothy, and he tells him to be useful for the master. And I just go, oh, wow, you know. How, how incredible would that be if, I, if I'm doing something that's useful for the master's work? Um, and so we came up with this idea back when all the COVID nonsense hit of, uh, of doing a podcast and say, all right, who are the men and women that are out there that are doing this? Who are the fellow workers? Uh, what are, how are they doing their work? Where are they? And, and that's, that's why we're here today. Uh, and, and we found so many people that have been willing to share and and but we've learned so much of how they're doing their work in their community, whether they're in Harlem, New York, or whether they're in L.A. or in Tampa or in the state of what, where, Georgia, wherever. And uh, and it's all been fascinating because every culture that we work in, every community we work in, we have the same work to do, but the environment can be different and the challenges can be different. And uh, anyway. Uh, we're excited today to have Scott Hafer with us uh, and be sure if you're not, not where if you're driving, but if, you, if you're sitting watching this, get out your notepad, because I'm sure there's going to be some things here that we'll learn from Scott. But Scott Hafer, welcome to the program. Hey, thank you for having me on. I really appreciate it. And um, <coughs> forward to, to having a talk with you. Well, good. All right. Now, Scott, we're, we uh we haven't met, I mean, just on Zoom here, right? We haven't met in right. person. Lord willing, we'll be able to do that sometime in the near future. But we, we start every uh, episode out with what we call the elevator pitch or the short bio. And 
kind of bring everybody up to speed of, of where Scott uh, is from and how old you were when you obeyed the gospel and where you are now. And it, it, so go, the, the floor is yours. So bring us up to speed. Okay. Yeah. I was uh, born and raised in the state of Oregon, um, spent almost four decades there. Um, I got saved when I was 21, I believe, and was baptized um, when I was 21. Uh, I never actually set out to be a full-time preacher. That was not on my radar. I was interested in preaching, however, so I got into that when I was in my mid-20s. Some people helped me out, had some, some really good mentors. Um, one of those mentors uh, was a man named Olin Hudson, who was working at one of the congregations there in Salem, a uh, place where I lived, and uh, he really encouraged me. Uh, to to study more and to get into the ministry. So um, I learned a lot from him. Um, and uh, I eventually took a position, a work at a small, uh, in a small town called McMinnville, Oregon. Um, worked with the church there uh, for about six years. Um, that lasted until about 2009. And turns out I had some opportunities to, to work elsewhere. And so um, I, I, I was looking at uh, Southern California. I was looking at um, uh, Florida. And there's also this opportunity here in Marion, here in um, North Central Indiana. Um, one of the guys I was talking with to kind of just try to figure all this out uh, and actually who introduced me to the work here in Marion um, is Andy Cantrell. I was talking with him about this um, and he's like, Scott, yeah, you, you should probably think about that. You'll, uh, you'll need to stretch yourself. You'll need to really grow there. Uh, but it's a good work. And uh, so I, I, I contacted the, the elders here. They, you know, we had a good talk and they mentioned uh, something that was really interesting to me. They wanted a person to come into the area. And in addition to um, working with the church and focusing on the internals and, and the needs of the brethren, in addition to that, what they really wanted is it was a person to go out into the community and focus you know, externally and outwardly um, because they've, they've done some studies and they looked at the, the, the demographics of the congregation and realized that if there wasn't a change that would, would happen, uh, there would be uh, some significant problems down the road. So they wanted a, a guy to do that, and that appealed to me. Um, interesting thing uh, about that is that... Um, when I came out here to interview uh, one of the elders, really smart guy, he, he took me um, on the tour around the place. And, you know, I expected to see all the highlights and things like that. And what I saw was a town that um, was really affected by poverty. Um, lots of uh, financial problems here, not a lot of industry, used to be a lot of industry, used to be a lot of money and reason for families to move in. But not anymore. Marion's your typical like rust belt kind of town. Um, and 
the elder was super smart because he took me into the really rough neighborhoods in Marion, which ended up being like a large portion of Marion. I've never seen such a, a place uh, quite like it. Uh, a lot of pe people here who are poor, uh, a, a lot of people here who are addicted to drugs and alcohol, lots of crime here. Um, so I, I started piecing together what Marion was like, and I realized that there was a lot of desperation here. Uh, and then I realized desperate people need Jesus. Yeah. And they know they need they need something. They don't always know they need Jesus, but they, they know they need some, something or someone to help them out. So I put two and two together, you know, the goal of the eldership here, plus the, the state of uh, what I saw in the community. And I realized that, yeah, this could work. Um, it was scary. It was out of my comfort zone, but um, that's how I got here. And I've been working with the church here uh, for almost seven years now. Well, uh, thank you for that, Scott. It, that I love, I love doing this anyway. But just uh, so many things there that you said, you know, that uh, that I could ask about, and and that that helps so much of uh, you know moving from it, it's a piece of cake to move from Oregon to Indiana, right? It's just it's nothing to it. Ah, right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and you know, and I'm joking about that because people that have never done that, they, they can't relate. But uh, you make you move and move your family and, and everything and, and to go into a different culture. And I think that was really wise of that elder to take you around and show you the community because, you know, you need to see that. I mean, to, to bring you in there blind, if you will, and not and not make you aware of those things. Uh, that wouldn't have been right. But uh, so that's really good that he did that and the things that you've learned about the community. Uh, and we've said this in several interviews, too, because of thinking like Caleb Churchill up in Harlem, New York. Well, that culture is entirely different from Marion, Indiana or Franklin, Indiana uh, or in L.A. or in Tampa, you know. And so every the work that we're doing uh, is we're all teaching. We're all trying to teach the truth. But the environment that we're in, and I think it's so different. I think that's why you have the stories that you do of Jesus traveling and the apostles when they started the different Paul and his missionary. He ran into the, some of the same things, but he ran into peculiar and unique situations every place that he went. And uh, it's true today. So I, I want to go back because I had down uh, one of the things on my notes. I wanted to say, did you have a mentor? <clears throat> and you brought it up. So this Olin Hudson right? Yes, sir. Yeah. Is he still alive? Uh, no, he's not. He, he went on to his reward um, a couple of years ago. All right. What, and the reason I do that is that uh, I, I was going to say, if you haven't talked to Olin in a while, if he's still there, call him and tell him, thank you. Thank you for encouraging you to get involved in the work. I think sometimes we don't do that enough. It's to is uh, as hard as it can be, as hard as some days are, but to be able to thank the people that encouraged us to get involved in doing this, I think it's huge because I'm afraid perhaps in some places our younger people are not being encouraged to do this kind of work at all. Yeah. And uh, so I'm, I'm thankful that, aren't you thankful that you, uh, you, you passed uh, uh, Brother Hudson's uh, path? I, I am. Um, by the grace of God, I, I met him, and by the grace of God, I'll be able to tell Owen in person. You know, when I see yeah. 
in, in, in eternity. Thank you so much, brother. I'm, I'm, I'm planning on it. Wow. Isn't that, isn't that emotional? I mean, that's so strong to, to even think about it, but, Oh yeah, that, that's really good. Uh, and it, you mentioned Andy Cantrell. We interviewed Andy and, and, uh, he, he's really good and, and, uh, is really motivated in the work that he does. And one of my questions that I had down that you answered a little bit, but, uh, you said in the beginning that this wasn't when you started out. I, I remember when I was a kid, uh, I was Danny and uh, uh, people would say, well, Danny, what do you want to be when you grow up? And from the fourth grade on, I wanted to be a basketball coach because I had a coach in the fourth grade, believe it or not, in Kentucky that this really motivated me. And, and he did all the way through. But and I ended up going all the way through and I and I was a college coach for 12 years and and uh, but uh, but so how would you answer this? Somebody said, uh, Scott, why do you of all the things you could have done? Right. You're a sharp guy. You know, uh, why are you doing what you're doing? Why do you do what you do every day? Because of God's grace. Um, by a lot of metrics, I, I don't feel like I I'm qualified to be a preacher. Never really have. Um, uh, but because of God and what he's done in my life, um, the love of Christ controls me. Like it's, it, it motivates me, um, because of, uh, who God is and how I've seen him work in my life. Um, I'm, I'm obligated. Uh, I feel like I have to preach. I feel like I, I need to share this message. Uh, and and extol God's greatness uh, in any way I can. Um, that's, <clears throat> no, th that's that's very well said. I always think of what Paul said. I think it's in Second Corinthians five, where he's talking there, and and he said that knowing the terror of the Lord, uh, we persuade men. I mean, yeah. you look at it from that standpoint, you go, "Oh my!" Right? Of uh, yeah. knowing knowing what people uh, what you know, what we know is going to happen in the future and to not be willing to share that with people we come in contact with. That's uh, very selfish on our part. And as it, Ezekiel talks about it in other places, Paul even said it to the elders at Ephesus, I, while I was with you, I taught you, taught you everything I could, and I've got no blood on my hands. You know, again, a powerful thought of, uh, I don't want, I don't want to stand in judgment in front of Christ and have blood on my hands because I didn't talk to Scott Hafer about your soul, you know, and uh, so it, thank you for, thank you for that. That's uh, uh, that, that's so good. Um, another thing I've started doing too, is that I know there's somebody that you've studied with in the past or been involved in, in helping them obey the gospel. I call it a conversion story, but do you have one that you could, it, could be more than one, but if you got one that you'd like to share with us, some, maybe it's some of the peculiar things that happened and how the study came together or whatever. Uh, yes, sir. Yeah, actually talking about talking about the grace of God. Um, uh, there is a, a young man named uh, Daniel Baker who um, a, about a year and a half ago came into the church building. He was visiting his his great grandmother who worships with us and and um, as is my custom, I, 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 I greeted him um, after the service and you know, asked about a story and, and um, 
asked him why he was here and if, if there's anything that we could, you know, do to, to, to meet his needs. And he just he looked at me and then he said, yeah, uh, can you help me um, learn how to preach and teach the gospel to uh, drug addicts and drug dealers? Because wow. that's what I want to go do. Wow. And I looked at him and said, yes, <laughs> with a lot of trepidation. <laughs> I said, yes. Sure. Um, he told me a little bit about his story right there. Uh, and then in the, uh, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the church auditorium, um, but he told more uh, of it to me at the coffee shop when I met him a couple of days um, ago or after that. So Daniel um, uh, was an atheist. He was a drug addict. He was a drug dealer. He was a violent man, a violent aggressor. That violence landed him along with the, uh, uh, the, the drug issues, but that violence landed him in prison. Um, he was the kind of drug dealer that if you messed with his deal, he would, you know, break down your door and set fire to your things. He was a, a very dangerous man. Uh, and as he, as he told me these things, you know, um, I kept getting more and more afraid um, because I'm, I'm, I thought, what am I getting into here? Right. But he, he told me his story, told me that um, God had gotten to him um, and, um, I, I, you know, in ways that I really can't explain, um, but I accept, but he got, God had gotten his attention in prison and uh, he started to believe in God. And so when he got out of prison, he started seeking God more and more. Um, and so by the time uh, we had just met, uh, he was uh, not only interested in God, but also interested in, in his salvation and sharing his salvation with his people like him, people with stories like him. Uh well, here's the thing, Dan. So I, I, as I was going home like that evening from that meeting, I had a, a like an Elijah moment with God. I had a, an Elijah um, uh, 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 kind of conversation. Actually, no, that's not true. I'm getting my, my Old Testament characters mixed up. <laughs> I had a Jonah moment. Jonah. Jonah's the guy. Okay. Just picture me like with my fist, you know, pointing towards God, having a conversation with him saying like, God, like, why do you keep giving me these impossible people like, to, to try to talk with? There's just, there's just no way I can do this. And over the course of the year, um, you know, I'm not claiming that God spoke with me. I'm not claiming that at all. Uh, but it's like God answered me and said, you know, I specialize in doing the impossible. <laughs> And that played out that, 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 that played out. So um, Daniel and I continued to meet over the course of the year and he continued to learn more and more about God's who God is and how God loves him and how God can save him. Um, God converted him. Um, he was baptized and not only uh, has God converted Daniel, 
But um, God has used Daniel now to reach Daniel's friends, just like he had hoped. So Daniel has been going into the community um, with uh, his contacts in the, the drug and alcohol recovery world. And he's been preaching the gospel literally to uh, uh, drug addicts and drug dealers. And God has used him to convert at least three or four people. Wow. And it's just an amazing story about God's grace and God's power and God's mercy. And God's <clears throat> some things um, that literally, like with him, nothing's impossible. And all I'm doing now is just being a conduit of that grace. I'm, 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 I feel like I'm living out Ephesians 2, like 1 through 10. You know, people are dead, but the God being rich in mercy, great in love, he, he saved them, not according to our works, but according to his. No, we don't get to boast, um, but uh, we get to participate in this grace and we get to be his, his workers. And that's, that's a lesson that God's taught me um, recently. You know, that's just so powerful. Uh, uh, I tell people, uh, I don't do it all the time, the ones that I'm around very much, uh, I plant this seed. I'm going to do this with you. Uh, you need to write a book. You need to start a journal. You need to start writing some of these stories down, like this Daniel story. And because you'll be telling that when you're my age, Lord willing, you know, mm -hmm. uh, but but to, just to, to see how God works. And uh, like in, in that moment you were sit, you know, uh, you can see the, the power. You know, the gospel is the power of God and salvation. And it's so yeah. many times we we don't respect that power and we we somehow are ashamed of the gospel and don't allow god to work and that's just so sad but um so many things that you said there you know what was it started out with daniel baker well i'm daniel barker and when i first met my father-in-law he thought my name was daniel baker so he oh. got so <laughs> but uh but uh but no, I mean, there's so many things. One of the things that's come out of this uh, in people that have watched and been listening, and this goes all the way back to Benjamin Lee, the very first person we interviewed, uh, what if came up in the conversation? What if? And uh, we've got some things. Our theme this year uh, at uh, Creekside in Franklin is what if. We've got different speakers coming in. And it's like that one. What if, just think about this. What if he hadn't shown up? What if whatever it was that he heard while he was in prison that made him start seriously thinking about just what am I doing here? What if grandma, you said it was his grandmother? that? Yeah, his great grandma. Yeah, His great grandmother. What if great grandma had not been there, you know, where he knew where to go? I mean, he made that connection somehow. What if you had looked at him? Not that this ever happens, but you saw this guy come in. And maybe you didn't like the way he looked or something, and you mm -hmm. didn't go back and you didn't go back and talk to him, and show interest in him and show concern. You know what I'm saying? What I mean? And then now it's led to, to uh, him obeying the gospel and three or four others, and and uh, who knows how many more? You know, with God's help. I mean, if he sees, he's seeing this, and and he's respecting the power and the grace of God as well. It's just to me that just gives me goosebumps as far as. 
of what we can do if we'll just almost if we'll just get out of God's way. I mean, he still needs us, but uh, uh, you've heard this before. You know, when the song Bind the Hand of Jesus, uh, so many times because we don't do what we should, it's like we bound the hands of Jesus he, because God knows the people in the community that uh, are the right soil and he expects us to go and sow the seed. And uh, but that, thank you so much, Scott, for sharing that about Daniel. I, that, that's so good. Uh, one of the, Matt's already, believe it or not, Matt's already given me the signal. We got five minutes left. See how okay. fast it goes? I know. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what would you say? I've done this since the birth, very first one, but somebody's listening to this and maybe their fire's gone out. Maybe they're discouraged where they are. They realize they need to get involved again, or maybe in the first time, in the first place, getting involved in teaching others. What would you say there's one thing that they need to do, or there's more than one thing, but what's one thing that they need to do to get involved in leading others to Christ? What would you say to them? Yes, sir, I, I, I'd say uh, what Jesus said in Matthew 19, verse 26. You know, with, with man, like, this is impossible. But with God, like, all things are possible. And so whether you're an evangelist and you're struggling in uh, a, a in a community that's difficult. Um, maybe you're a Bible class teacher. Maybe you're a parent. Um, I mean, whatever you're doing for the Lord, um, just remember, like, this is the Lord's work. Uh, this is going to be done by his power. It will be done for his glory. Um, and when, when you and when, when, when I, when we, start remembering those kind of things and start thinking biblically about how God says he's going to accomplish all these things. Uh, then the work uh, gets to the right perspective. It starts to become encouraging. You start to work for the glory of God, that kind of thing. So, Hey, you know, with God, literally like all things are possible. Boy, so powerful. You know uh, I mean, isn't it something, you know, you think about all the passages in the Bible where where God through the different writers is reminding us of things. He knows, I mean, he made us, but he, he knows that we forget, right? And so many times we forget, as you said earlier, about his power. We forget that with him all things are possible. We forget who our father is. We, we, we just, we get so bogged down in the day-to-day -day nonsense around us in this world right? And we, we lose our focus on what we're supposed to be doing. And uh, well, I, I'm, I'm just, uh, see, I, I'd love to meet Daniel one of these days. I'd, I'd like to meet him uh, and, uh, uh, and and keep encouraging him. I know you will, but keep encouraging him and the others that he's talking to. And, and thank you for being there to help him with the studies and help him as he's, as he's uh, touching base with other. If uh would you mind sharing this? If, if somebody wanted to reach out to you, do you have, would it be okay? Would you share your personal contact information? What's the best way for them to contact you? So uh, the best way is probably just through my phone. So I'm at 503-302-1392. Uh, just give me a call or shoot me a text and I'll do my best to respond. Um, I'm also on Facebook. And I have an email um, that's Scott Hafer 777 at outlook.com. 
Okay, well, thank you for that. Uh, we've had different ones that have done this, Scott, where they, they kind of, I think we're all like this. We, we, uh, we tend to, what, connect or resonate with somebody. We, we make yeah. a connection just, you know, just through a phone call or I feel comfortable talking to him or uh, I'd love to have coffee with him and just, you know, share some more things. And another thing, too, is that even the ones that are doing the Lord's work, we need encouragement, don't we? Yes, we do. Yeah. You know, because it, we get beat up and, and God knew that. Jesus knew that. Uh, and he told us that if we follow him, you know, we're going to be persecuted. And it's, there's going to be challenging days. But there's also those days that where we rejoice. One of the things that we've got at Creekside is we celebrate the sowing. Yeah, we celebrate when somebody obeys the gospel. But we celebrate the fact that we had an opportunity to plant some seed to talk to people. And uh, that way we kind of keep each other motivated with that. So just uh, just so good. Well, do you have anything? I mean, we're already out. Is there anything that you'd like to share or you wish that I had asked or uh, what, what's something else that you have perhaps? Oh, I just, I, I just wanted to say uh, thank you um, and, and Matt for doing what you guys are doing. Um, I was thinking about it. It's really needed in the kingdom right now. Uh, just encouraging uh, evangelists and just the work of evan uh, evangelism, whether you're a preacher or not, that specifically is a thing that needs to be upheld and encouraged. So uh, thank you guys for being such uh, good workers in God's kingdom. Well, thank you. And you triggered another thought there. We, I'm gonna, we'll make time to do this. Um, you're married, right? Yes, sir, I am. How many children do you have? Five. Five ages. Uh, oldest is how old? Oldest is uh, 20. The youngest is uh, she's 10. 10. What's your wife's name? Carrie. Carrie. Yeah. We need to give we need to give a shout out to Carrie because, you know, Scott could not do his work without Carrie's yeah. support. Right. Yeah. So tell us tell us what. Uh, let, here's your chance. Uh, tell Carrie how much you appreciate what she does or, you know, how, how, how does she help you in your, in all right, your well, if she's, if she's going to listen to this, uh, I'll just, I'll just talk to you, uh, directly, uh, honey. Um, you really are my Proverbs 31 woman. Um, you are my luxury wife. I, I, I could not do, uh, what I do, uh, w without you, your God's grace to me. Wow. She's going to like you better now than she did before. No, <laughs> no, but you know what? Uh, we, we, uh, and I haven't done that enough through all of them, but I couldn't do the things that I do without my wife, Gay, uh, mm -hmm. without her support, I wouldn't be able to do it at all. And the role that they play is huge. And uh, because of the hours and the patience and uh, the things that take you away from the family uh, can sometimes be very frustrating for them. So Carrie, right? Carrie, yes, thank you. Thank you, Carrie, for your role in all of this. And uh, all right, brother, well, we're going to have to sign off here. And again, thank you so much. And uh, I'm serious now. We're not that far away from each other, but somehow let's let's connect. And uh, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to getting to know you better and uh, uh, keep up the good work there in uh, uh, Marion. Uh, yes, sir. Thank you very much. Okay. Thank you. Bye-bye. Melt my heart and fill my life, give me one soul today.